When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. And now part two with Ty Lopez. It's interesting. Uh, that spills into whether we're defining free will as deterministic or whether, because <laughs> yeah. you can really have Sam Harris on yeah, here. Yeah. This Do you is... have a time machine in your, um, you have a lot of cool tech things here. I have cool stuff. I want to go collect Einstein. You know, sometimes people argue with me, Ty, you don't need books to become wealthy. You just go and do stuff. And I ask him, do you think it's good to have smart people in your inner circle? Mentors? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Change your social circle, change your income. Okay. Do you think Aristotle was a smart guy? Would it be good for him to be in your inner circle? Hell yeah. He's dead, bitch. You need a book. So I don't really like books. It's just the only, it's a time machine. So I, I, I don't know. It would be amazing if we had a council of, I call it the council of 12. You know, you need 12 wise people in your life. The president has 15, the cabinet. So you could call it the wise 15. I tell people, the second you start making wealth, you find your cabinet. And in that 15 people, you should have both the living and the dead. So you need a lawyer. I was talking, to, I got one of my, got my second student who came from nothing, who I think is gonna become a billionaire, who follows me. He's living in Puerto Rico, various reasons in Puerto Rico. But uh, I told him, where's your family office of 15 wise advisors? He doesn't have them yet. I said, make sure half of them are alive and half of them are dead. And so sometimes to create wealth, you have to, Imagine, what if Warren Buffett was sitting in this room? What if Rockefeller was sitting in this room? What if, what's the guy, the African uh, wealthiest person, Masu Masu or something, African? Look him up. I always forget his, I grew up in the damn West. They don't teach you the full story. No, he's a dead, he's dead. Um, look up richest African in history. So I imagine I have the wisest Asian, you know, mogul in history. And and uh, and the, the wise, yeah, Musa Musa. He's, they said maybe he was the wisest, per, wealthiest person. If I had all those people in my business, every time I make a decision, you ask both the living, maybe a couple lawyers, accountants, mentors, but you also ask the dead, am I making the right move? And you'd be amazed at that simple mental exercise, which anybody can do, how you start becoming wealthier from that. Instead, people go inward too much. I don't like that movement. You know, all the answers are within and happiness is from within well that's a misleading sentence like if i want to learn let's say i only knew english and i want to learn spanish 
is all Spanish within me? If I want to live in China, is all Chinese within me and I go inward? No, you actually have to go outward and find another person who speaks Chinese. And the best thing you can do is go live in China and it rubs off on you, your social circle. So change your social circle, change your living and dead advisors and you change your bank account forever. But people don't like to do it because that's what I was saying. Society's become too in too much into free will where I can figure it out myself. No, go back to your ancestors. They were wise. They survived 10,000. We're all the product of 10, I call it the whisper of 10,000 generations. You know, At, what did your great grandfather do to make it? I don't think we study them enough. I like that religion in, in, in the East. They, they, go, they go to their, they say the Chinese worship their ancestors. I don't know that that's true. They respect their ancestors. You should go visit the gravesite of your grandma and grandpa and great grandparents once a year and contemplate what lessons they had for you. They are you, you are them. It's very interesting. So it's interesting. Anyway, so in a single I sentence, there. Uh, I can, I can pinpoint uh, where I think you are going to drive yourself crazy okay. uh, with trying to predict Probably. the world. Might have already happened. And that is, I think that looking back, I think that the part of you that is malleable, that creates your frame of reference, the frame of reference is so much more important to understand than your genetics. That's my single sentence. Possible. And if you spend time trying to um, learn from your ancestors and all that, I think it will be fascinating and I think people will enjoy it because there is something about knowing about your past. But I think it's, it, it is going to be, because even your contemplation of your past will be driven through your frame of reference. And so sure. like when I look at, never did I think I would start talking about sort of global issues or political issues, and yet here I find myself because the, the, when people say that um, politics is downstream of culture, what they mean is that politics is downstream of frame of reference and culture is a huge part of what shapes your frame of reference. But it really is just a game of frame of reference. And if you look at the world from the position that all money is evil, power is a dirty word, then when you see somebody that has power, you will naturally assume that they got there through, you know, either intellectual violence or actual physical violence. And Depends on how rich they are. The richest is mostly. Oh, my friend once told me, first hyper rich kid that I knew came from nothing. He said, Ty, all empires are built by blood, sweat, and violence. The top Forbes list, the top 10 people, they have killed before. I promise you they have killed. There's bodies. You ever read the, the story of Las Vegas where a lot of money was made in America? There's a lot. That movie, Casino, where Joe Pesci's taking a dude out of a trunk of a car and burying him alive. Wasn't that Pesci or was that De Niro? It was Pesci, right? Yeah. Oh, that, that's a true story. There's, there's, I, I always think it's funny when people admire billionaires. I learn from billionaires. But I, I'm in business right now with two guys on the Forbes list, and I've been, I know many of them. They are warlords. They are warlords. Does that mean that through their own selfishness, they can help the world? Yes. I'm still capitalistic in that sense. But All I want to say is the, that warlords. is your frame of reference playing out. And so you and I look at that. You're going to see what you Yeah, but I didn't have for. that frame till I did business with them. Then I'm like, oh, this man's definitely killed before. Such is the nature of a frame of reference. <laughs> it really changes. That's awesome. what I'm saying. It's the part of malleability versus the but just all of life might be a simulation. All it our might memories be, might is, be. I might not have ever done impact theory four years ago. It might just be an implanted memory. 
I run that thought experiment <laughs> all the time. It's very helpful. So I'll wrap this uh, segment up yeah. with, with the following statement. Dear anybody at home, uh, you have a frame of reference. It is to you what water is to a fish. You're probably hyper unaware of it, and yet it controls everything about your life. Um, you're going to make decisions. Einstein said that the most important decision anybody will ever make is whether they live in a friendly or a hostile universe. So what he's saying yeah. is it's not objectively one way or the other, but you're going to decide. And then you're going to see that decision echoed through everything. So be very thoughtful about what you decide to believe in this case about money, power, seduction, whatever. All right. Speaking of seduction, mm -hmm. uh, women, I want to talk about Ty Lopez and women. <laughs> okay. One, are yeah. you married? Nope. Are you going to get married? Not sure I'm a marrying kind of guy. Okay. Do you have kids? Maybe. Interesting. So out of curiosity, without revealing the yes or yeah. no, obviously everybody listening assumes that means yes, but setting that aside, yeah. um, is not answering that purely about safety? I think some things don't need to be part of the show. Hmm. I you know. would understand not your show. I'm talking yeah, about my no, no, no. show. I totally. I don't think understand. some things don't need to be part of my social media. I think for many reasons, it can be safety. It can also be wanting people should want their kids to grow up in a down to earth grounded place. I lived in Beverly Hills, where everybody's parents are famous and the kids are part of the fame. It doesn't end well. I remember, no joke, a kid telling me. I was walking, I was going for a jog outside my house in Beverly Hills. I'm going, and a guy pulls up. He's like, hey, I'm a follower of yours, and I live on the same street as you. And I'm talking, and he was like 16. And he's like, yeah, I've been dealing with a lot of struggles. And his struggle was his parents gave him a BMW, and all of his friends had Ferraris. And I said, I don't want my kid. That's not good for a kid. Talk about distortion of reality. His reality was like, he was kind of like, I'm trying to make more money. And I'm like, why? And he's like, dude, I don't fit in in school. And like, you know, he was trying to, he was kind of misquoting the wealth things. Like he was reading, you know, it's like, I need to change my social circle. I'm dealing with 16 year olds. My, some of my friends only have BMWs, but some kids in school have Ferraris. And those are the real thinkers and think and grow rich. And I want to be like them. And I was like, whoa, when you have kids, don't put them in Beverly Hills, put them on a farm. That, I actually hear that, but yeah. I still don't understand why not admit. And so the, this comes back to, Tate was the first person I saw that was like, I'm not gonna answer the question. I think yeah. he's since like just answered it. I don't know, I don't follow him closely. Uh, and then I heard you, same thing, that you don't even want to say one way or the other. Having them grow up on a farm, never telling people how many, who, where, yeah. all that, that I understand but not wanting to acknowledge whether you have them or don't. Well, it can also be part of what the mother asked for. Okay, fair enough. It's like, so for me, it's also whenever you have kids, you got two sides of the story. So for me, I, look, man, I on kids, what I tell people is most people should have kids. A big problem in the world is people who can't have, can't support kids are having a lot of them. And the nations and societies that would produce productive citizens are having none. And that is an existential crisis for humanity. Elon Musk says it's the biggest threat is underpopulation. That doesn't mean, you know, you have people, poor person in a village having 12 kids and all the kids are malnourished. They should have less kids. 
but there's a genetics for example we need intelligent people in this world okay not only intelligent you need other facets but that's a very genetic thing and so you ever seen the movie idiocracy what happens if only cuckoo people have kids also gen mental illness is extremely heritable things like schizophrenia even anxiety some of these are off the chart way more than 50 percent heritable narcissism mpd a lot of these are highly heritable almost as heritable as height you know it's a set of genes there's no one gene but there's a set of genes so we need people who are stable having kids but now Karl Marx was right about one thing as we move up Maslow's hierarchy of needs to the top and we're all seeking our esoteric expression of ourselves. like I said the artist cutting using their body as a cheese grater in a New York City art that's the expression that person maybe they shouldn't have kids but uh we need people at the top of Maslow hierarchy of needs also having kids. It's good. It's important. Okay, give people your best argument. So I'm not having kids. Mm -hmm. You maybe don't have kids. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think people should have kids beyond population? Or is that the reason? Oh, well, look, here's my nihilistic side. Somebody at call, I, I do a lot of private mentoring now. People pay me a hundred grand or a million dollar to a million dollars to talk to me eight times a year. Some of the biggest influencers you all know, I won't say their names, are in my program. And one of the big ones asked me, Ty, do you ever struggle with nihilism? He's made all the money. He's in his twenties. He made eighteen and a half million profits so far this year. So he made twenty five mil. Yeah, twenty three. It was a good life. Lives in a zero tax jurisdiction, keeps all of it has more money and so he's now moved up hierarchy of needs he bought him food shelter water love you have all this and safety's next and then love and now he's up at the top and he's becoming nihilistic he's like i don't know what i live for dude it's like i wake up and it's like i can have almost any woman he's a good looking guy i can have any girl i like so girls aren't that interesting because they seem too easy to get anymore blah, 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 blah. and so that my nihilistic side is, what does anything matter? Okay, so some people say, why do I want to have kids? Okay, and if I give the answer, well, we're kind of programmed to have kids and we'll, in general, we'll be happier and society will turn out better if people who can have healthy kids have healthy kids. And they go, yeah, but it's just like, it's so narcissistic, you're just giving birth to another one of you and how narcissistic. But I'm like, couldn't I say the inverse? Isn't it narcissistic by definition to not have kids? To focus on myself? I mean, if you wanna go nihilistic, nothing, the end in nihilism means nothing matters. So when somebody tries to come on this side and go, why does that matter? And they get nihilistic, I'm like, but by definition, you don't even, why does it matter that I even answer somebody? Why does, it, why does your mastery matter? Why does it matter if we improve the world? We improve the world so homo sapiens get better, but 100 million species we've wiped off. The better humans get, oftentimes, not always, we wipe other species off the planet. So you're talking about the frame. So your frame, let's say, or somebody with your frame is like, I can improve the world with power, but that's just your homo sapien world. You might be wiping out a species of beetles. You know, you might be wiping out a species of highly intelligent whales. So I don't know if we go too far down nihilism, I just come back to like the Amish. They don't have to know why everything is. They just go, because 
I'm a human. A monkey doesn't have to dissect why he likes bananas. Just let, I was in Kuala Lumpur about a month ago. I bet them monkeys get smart. One tricked me. I had a whole stack of them. One monkey comes up to you and um, I got it on video and kind of like, hey, buddy. They don't say, they don't talk, of course. Another monkey came from behind, took all my damn bananas. So humans, we're not, we're 98% uh, the same DNA as uh, chimpanzees. We're 50% the same as bananas. We're 70% the same as flies. So when I get nihilistic and I try to dissect myself and just go, well, honestly, nothing matters. And we're all stardust. And we know at some point we all disappear. We also know we might not even be real. There are many very intelligent people think we might be a smarter version of ourselves video games. We are, the, we are Grand Theft Auto. My friend is the, one of the main guys who built Grand Theft Auto. Some people used to say my house over there that he put, I used to get a lot of comments, your house is in Grand Theft Auto. And I reached out to him, I'm like, did you put me in Grand Theft Auto? He never would answer, but um, we are Grand Theft Auto, man. And then it's funny, we play video games, but we might be a video game too. It's like, you know, like when you see yourself in a mirror, there's too many mirrors, it mm -hmm. keeps reflecting back and back and goes infinity. That might be us. We might be a video game of a species with a video game that is the spe a video game of a higher species that it never ends. There's also, I was talking to ChatGPT the other day and I was going, you know, sometimes if you look at the world, I'm not a flat earther, but flat earthers have this thing that we're like in a hard dome kind of thing. I'm like, I asked ChatGPT, is it possible that everything we know, we are one atom inside an entire other universe, but we think we're... And ChatGPT has long-winded answer. But some people think that that might be true. We kind of look like that. It's almost like a, you know, it's a, it, you can go down this. That's why I like a farm. When I'm on a farm, I have a farm where I actually farm with horses. I have two farms, two organic farms. I have one. Talk about make the world a better place. I buy rundown, chemically abused farmland, and I improve it. That's my give back to the world. Hmm. It's important. And I have a farm that I use tractors, got my big John Deere's here. And then about two hours away, I have a farm in the middle of an Amish community. And on that farm, I farm with horses. I plow with horses. You, want, you ever heard the book Flow by Mikhail Cheek sent me high? You should read that yep. book. Okay. I met him before. He, used to, he came to my basketball court in Beverly Hills. You know, Flow says the optimal life is like the sailor, like you forget what you're thinking about. You just are doing it. Like the sailor is pulling, the wind is blowing, and your boat is flying, and, and you're like pulling the ropes, but it becomes the unconscious. That's the happiest state of a human. When I'm on my farm, and you have these big horses. I have big Belgian horses. I have, sometimes I'll put six of them together. And you pull the rein. You're like, giddy up, gee haw. And they pull. It's the most zen thing ever. I'm right there. They're so big that I don't think about, let me check my phone. Because you make one mistake. I've seen mm -hmm. people get killed with horses. I saw an Amish guy once get kicked by a big horse in the chest. Like a cartoon. He shot through the air. It was insane. I was like a cannon. He got shot out of a cannon. So I'm, I'm pulling the horses. And I'm just there in the moment. I'm in flow. And so I think that Freud was right. Like Karl Marx, there's a book. My favorite book is called civilization and his discontents 
And so when we think about should we have kids and should we not have kids and what's the purpose and should we change the world or make money, at the end of the day, what's better than all of that is just flow. And it needs to be something primitive that you're doing. Some people feel it by going camping. Some people feel it by hunting. Some people feel it with art or music. Playing the, I play the piano. Sometimes you get into flow. The more important than all the things we talked about, both you and I like to make money. It's a thing we do. Um, we justify it in various ways, and maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but never get too disconnected from pre-civilization. Civilization has made us unhappy. You know what's funny? When I was listening to you earlier, you said something. I'll try to remember. You said there was two poles. There was like the poet. No, no, there was like the mat. You wanted to be like conqueror. Yeah, you wanted to win. But yet, you know, society is like you get married. You ask me about marriage. Marriage is, is an invention of mankind. None of your ancestors, most of your ancestors didn't get married. What do you mean got married? You think they went to a church house 10,000 years ago and went to a judge? There was no governments. People bonded and people had humans, homo sapiens are what we call serial monogamists. So there was monogamy 10,000, 200,000 years ago, but we were uncivilized. And what Freud said in literally the most immaculate set of pages I've ever read, and I've read many things, is civilization is discontents, the second chapter. And he says, it's a trade-off. By becoming civilized, we decrease the chance that your next door neighbor would get envious of your place and you wake up and he hits you overhead of club and takes this house. So you've increased your safety, but you've done it at the expense of your primitive side. And when you have no primitive in your life, you know what it looks like? It looks like America. 60% obesity, 80% out of shape. We eat too much. We walk too little. We overstimulate our brain too much. You know, we don't fast. We have 24-7 everything we need. We overuse the dopamine parts of our brain. TikTok's the ultimate drug dealer in mankind's history. They're literally drug dealers, and you can see it on machines. Human attention span has dropped to five seconds. That's now less than a goldfish. So animals have been less dopamine hijacked than us. All of that civilization, 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 civilization. Money is part civilization. There was no money before. You know why there was no wars long ago? There was battles, but there was no wars because there was no civilization with large governments. There was no billionaires before. You know why? Because... You didn't have any tools. One man could outhunt another man by double, but now 10 men on the Forbes list. Look it up. They have more wealth than the bottom 4 billion people in the world. Is that good or bad? I don't think in good or bad, but there's a trade-off. We're a highly civilized world. And one of the things you trade off with civilization is high concentration of wealth, which is great if you know how to make money like you and I do. We get to be in the elite, but the downside of that is there's revolts, there's revolts against the wealthy. And it's it happens now. Sometimes, I don't know if you ever get, do you ever see someone comment, eat the rich? Mm -hmm. Comment on your stuff, comment on my stuff. We have to think about that. I live in Scandinavia a lot. 
it has a better what's called Jenny index or Genie index. Some the people Gini pronounce coefficient. It. Yeah. yeah, it's basically like Philippines is like one of the worst. It's the disparity between the ultra wealthy and the ultra poor. I live in Norway is basically like the best or Copenhagen, Denmark. You have more. And there's a lot of good things to be said about it. And there's real, there are billionaires, but so I don't know. I'm a, a you could say I am a um, bipolar wealthy person in the sense that sometimes I like the civilization, which includes money, but I also like going to the cabin and having the horses. All right, help me connect that to, because oh. originally I was looking for your best no, like kids. So why why have kids? That was a question that started Have kids that. because you were made to have kids and that should be a sufficient reason. Just from a genetic standpoint, I you so. are programmed. I think I, I, and I could go way deeper. And there will be some sort of psychological punishment. Absolutely. If you don't. The most, I, I read, I don't know if this is true, what I read was the, in the United States, the class of people experiencing the highest levels of dissatisfaction are women who did not give birth ever in their life between 45 and 55. Because, you know, by age 30, a woman has about 8% of their viable eggs of their life still alive mm. or still viable, I should say. Uh, by age 50, the average woman has zero viable. Now, men don't experience that level of depression because like, Al Pacino just had a kid at 70. What, what, look up Pacino. He just had a, he had, I just saw he had a, with a 29 year old, he just had an 83. He's 83, Ooh. 83. So men, wow. some people say, well, why are you picking on women? Well, women are on nature, doesn't give a shit about politics and being woke. Nature just goes, there's the rules, I don't care. And so when I see that, I feel like nature leaves clues. So I'm going, wait a second. Okay, that's, that's, that's a major clue when a whole class of people experience high levels of depression. The way I think about life, super simple, is there's happiness is your compass. So you, you wanna go north and when you wake up depressed every day, now there is biological kind of genetic depression, but most people experience environmental depression. It's telling you you're going the wrong direction, damn it. So as a society, if you see a large group of people experiencing depression, you ask, what are they doing? And you go the other way. I also, for wealth, I don't know why, you know, the Forbes list is better than a Harvard MBA. I once tried to get a Harvard MBA. They were accepting. And then they're like, you don't have an undergrad degree. And I'm like, bitch, I'm like the most Googled person in the world at the time. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? You're not going to let me in marketing school? I have kids who follow me from Harvard. They're like, our professors pull up your videos. But Harvard wouldn't let me in because they got a rule. That doesn't make sense. You got to have an undergrad degree. Well, I discovered in my anger that there's a better Harvard MBA. It's called the Forbes list. There's a real time list. It updates every 10 seconds. And I begin to look, pull, pull the list up now. Forbes list real time. So you just look there and I start to look for patterns. Like I said, there's a pattern. Women 45 to 55 who could have had children that didn't, extremely high level of depression, if you believe that science. So I go here and I got Elon Musk. I got Bernard Arnault from... Louis Vuitton, I got Bezos, Amazon, Ellison, I call him the anonymous billionaire. Mm. He, he built it with software, Buffett, Zuckerberg, Gates, Larry Page. I know the ninth guy, Steve Ballmer. That's the richest guy I know. Look, he's at 110. Wow. Sergey Brin, the Google guys. And I start to go, what do these men all have in common? So if I'm asking myself a question you asked about having kids, 
all these mofo. For the most part, 80% of them had a lot of kids before age 30. Now, I've, I've posted this online and people go, you don't understand the difference between correlate, you know, correlation and causation. I'm like, you don't think I know the difference between causation and correlation? What are you talking about? I, I not only know about it, but I've spent a decade studying it. I'm not sure that it's just correlated. I think it's causative. When you see things at that level, Elon Musk, how many kids did Elon Musk have before 30? I think he had like six kids before he was like 32. And now he's at 11 kids? It doesn't seem to be hurting him. It doesn't seem to, now can I prove it's causative that the reason he's the wealthiest man in the world is yeah, no, of course not. And it's nothing is that causative, unless you're an idiot. It's not the straight line causation of him, but it certainly didn't hurt him. And so I began to look and I meet a lot of guys, including myself, where we're tricked by the machine. The machine is classroom education and low independent thinking. I believe in the rise of the individual. You must think. And so I believed as an entrepreneur that having kids would distract me from making wealth. But I should have just gone to the Forbes list. It's a free Harvard MBA. Shit, it didn't affect any of these guys. It didn't. By the way, Bill Gates is number seven. Bill Gates is the best moneymaker in modern history. If he hadn't given away, he owed 54% of Microsoft. He gave most of his shares away to charity. He didn't give cash away, he gave shares. Mm. If he had held on to them, he'd have $1.2 trillion right now. Jesus. Microsoft's about two point. Let's pull up the market cap of Microsoft. I think it's 2.4 trillion last time I checked. So anyway, Bill Gates had a ton of kids young. So I can argue this from many dimensions. I can say the most depressed people do the opposite. So I wanna do the opposite of them. I mean, are depressed, so I wanna do the opposite. I can, if my goal is money, mastery, status, I go, well, all the dudes with money, mastery, status, I can't prove it's causative, but it's certainly correlated. So it's a good bet to make. And um, I think it's logical. So I kind of gave the reverse engineer way. I gave the kind of overt engineer, but I just take logic for a second. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. 
If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride. Because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with ebay motors brake kits led headlights exhaust kits turbochargers bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. You're a social media influencer. We have followers, right? You got a lot of followers. I got a lot of followers. Isn't that just like children? We have a group of people who ally themselves with us. They follow your Instagram. They follow your stuff. They, in, they do things that we do. They listen to us. Isn't that like a father? So as I told you, nature laughs last. I meet people who go, I'm not going to be a father, yet they're a social media. You are a father. You, Tom Bailey, you are a father. Now, we take this a little further. Wouldn't it be good to have some of those allies blood related to you? Yes, it would be. Because one thing we know is that you're less likely to be betrayed by family. The there's two longest running institutions in human modern history. One's the military. The Greek army has been running for thousands of years. There's still a Greek army. The second longest running business uh, in the world, you go to France, there's a restaurant that I went to. It's family owned since the 1500s. Whoa. So families persist. We don't, you know, do you know how many geniuses were related to each other? Erasmus, Darwin, these people are related cousins. So your will to power that you have, Tom, which is to have a positive effect on the world, to use the tools you have, wealth, reach, followers, will also be very logically and efficiently accomplished with your own children. In fact, pull this crazy thing up. Pull up the woman and man. There's a millionaire. This, this fascinates me. They had 20 kids this year, blood related. She took 20 eggs. They took 20 eggs out of her. There it is. Mom had 20 babies in one year by surrogates, and she spent $67,000, I think, a wow. month on 16 nannies. But the millionaire is actually a very intelligent millionaire. They planned it. So he takes his sperm. She takes her eggs out. They stick it in 20 surrogates. They had 20 kids at the same time. It's actually a very efficient way to have kids. They're going to have 100. Some I don't know what the dude did to end up in prison. But um, a lot of people would laugh at this. 
But let's think logically for a second. Genghis Khan, largest empire ever, is the Mongol Empire, not the Roman, not the West. The East is understudied because we all went to damn Western schools. So Mongol horde, potentially 1% of the world, he's their grandfather. He's had a tremendous effect. You talk about having an effect. Having social media followers, our followers will unfollow us over one thing. But Genghis Khan, yeah, you could see 8%. Yeah, this one says 0.5% of the world and 8% of Asia. He's their grandfather. I read seven. You want to will to power, my friend. <laughs> but so what's your North Star here? I'm trying to anchor myself around why you want people to have kids. So we've got population is good for the population. We've got genetics yes. want you to have kids yes. and therefore you should. Personal happiness. Uh, okay, what's the feedback loop of personal happiness? You mean why kids? is personal happiness important? Or why no, no, why, how's it related to kids? Anytime you do what your genes built are built for, you're happier. Uh, it's almost, uh, the only way you can do it is to hijack it. So for example, the food system hijacks it. We're happier when we get some salt, a little bit of fat, a little bit of carbs, and a little bit of you know protein. We're not happy, that's why keto will never take off because we'll be somewhat unhappy with no easily digestible carbs. Okay, so basically I'm just saying we need to all get over ourselves and just do what's obvious that we're here for. And I said, I think your will to power and it's funny, you have a, you're high on will to power, which is mastery and mating. Kids will be good for you. You have a good kid. You have good kids. I, I think maybe things happen for a reason. Maybe I can make, I'm not trying to make a persuasive thing because I don't always think you persuade adults. What I would ask you to do is first, you're a creative man. Your wife ain't that old. You still can have kids. Think about it. You think Elon Musk has a lot of power? He got 11 kids and keeps popping them out. He had two. He had two in the last 12 months. Yeah, it's interesting. Is so it possible I, he knows something me and you don't know? We're not as successful as uh, this guy. Is it possible he knows something? Of course, I'm sure he knows many things that we don't know. Certainly he knows many things. I don't know. I can speak from experience. But I will say that I think it's a, a very complicated bag. But I'll give now my best argument Good. for why I think people should have kids. Why don't you give the one why they shouldn't? Because uh, you're not I, having kids. I don't think there is, uh, what's the opening line? Um, every unhappy, every happy family Full is story. the same. Every unhappy family is unhappy in their own way. Yes. Uh, so I think the default answer should be you should have kids. If you're right. if you're uncertain, have kids. If you're sure you don't want kids, fair enough. Well, convictions are greater so, enemies of the truth than lies. Yes. That's Nietzsche for you. Yeah, so I would say strong convictions loosely held is the way to think about that statement. If you don't have convictions, you won't be able to take action. But if you're unwilling to change your mind, well, why not just hypotheses all the time? Well, cool. I usually speak in hypotheses. So here's my hypothesis on why most people okay. should have kids. Um, ultimately, all you're trying to do is modulate your neurochemistry. Life is ultimately about how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself, but you are having a biological experience. And if you don't acknowledge that your brain works in a certain way, you will never be able to predict what makes you happy and what doesn't make you happy, and that's a stand-in for fulfillment. Fulfillment is the only emotional state I know that can survive something like grief. Okay. So it is the uh, positive mindset that I think people should aim for. Fulfillment has a recipe. That recipe is very simple. You're gonna work very hard to gain a set of skills that matter to you for whatever reason that allow you to uplift yourself and other people. 
uh, we're a social creature, we need to serve the group. So if you do that, you will have a resilient sense of well-being, that you have lived your life well. Mm -hmm. So that just for mental health is why I think people should head down an evolutionarily prescribed path. Okay. Kids are the evolutionary prescribed path. Also, depending on how you're neurologically hardwired, I would say we're also um, the prescribed, the evolutionarily prescribed path for most people in most situations, not all, and it does become context dependent, but for most is going to be long-term pair bonding. Mm -hmm. We are a species that falls right in the middle. You can judge by testicular size of the male. Yep. If you look at like Gorillas chimps, have they're small, teeny tiny. Body. That's because they beat everybody up. Exactly. So one guy <laughs> has all the women. kids. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we know that males fall in the middle. So, um, but we are, like you said, serial monogamy. Okay. So that's my best argument for kids. So people now have heard the, the both, we're both, I think, pushing people roughly in the same direction. Uh, if you don't want to have kids, I don't think anybody should, if you don't want to, but you have to compensate for the fact that now Nature's easiest path, what your brain is optimized for, you're taking off the table as a way to reach fulfillment. You can still achieve fulfillment without yeah. having kids. Uh, it just becomes instead of trying to serve a larger group, sorry, instead of trying to serve a smaller group, which is easier for people, the unit of the family, you're now trying to serve a larger group, which yeah. is society. Now, society will come and go like social followers. Sometimes they follow you, sometimes they don't. They can turn against you. It is what it is. There's no sense of um, deep connection. There's a profound right. hardwiring where my parents could have been evil and I would still be more interested in them than the next person. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. So uh, that's the four. Against is if you don't want them, by all means don't, but just make sure that you address fulfillment somehow or you're gonna be profoundly unhappy. Now I wanna go back to where we started, which was women. Uh, what's, you said that you're not the marrying type. <laughs> I would love to understand because you're so thoughtful about like, well, this is a big part of this is genetics. So when you say you're not the marrying type, is that psychological frame of reference where you've built values and beliefs around it? Or is it, I don't produce enough vasopressin to get the bond, the bond that I need? <laughs> right. Um, both. I, I think... Look, I agree. where I agree with you is people are different. As I said, FDS, frequency dependent selection. So nature kind of looks, if there's too many people having kids, it wants a few of them to not have kids kind of thing. So you could have warriors in a tribe that don't mind dying because they don't have kids at home. Um, I'll give you an example. I was reading um, Nobel Prize winner, Mandela, Nelson Mandela. Mm. He grew up in Africa. It's not Western. One of my heroes. Okay. His dad had five wives. There was a village, five village, five little huts apart from each other. It's funny. When men have more than one wife, don't put them all in one house. A Mormon <laughs> girl who grew up with Mormon, she had she has 38 brothers and sisters in Utah. Whoa. She told me this. She's like, oh, they all fight with each other. But Nelson Mandela grew up in a group where his dad would spend like one week in his hut. Hey, grew up to be a Nobel Prize winner. I think a lot of things that we think in the Western world are prescribed by God. They're not prescribed by God. But now he didn't have a thousand women necessarily. Now, if you go to Mumbarak the Bloodthirsty, who had the most children that are counted in Morocco, 
He had roughly 700 boys. They didn't count the girls back then. He's like, I don't give a shit about Hilarious. the girls. Yeah, he used to sit on a uh, throne of skulls. Very intimidating. Some yeah, people go, I met a guy which I was like, die, man, I went. Uh, these guys called me in for a business meeting to negotiate with me, and they took me in there, and it was a skyscraper, and we're all in suits, and I was all intimidated. I was like, well, at least they didn't have a... They didn't have the heads of the men they had killed last week on the, on, you need to do, can, can I come in next time? Can you put some skulls under here? Yeah. So yes. I can pretend I'm Mubarak Lopez, the bloodthirsty. Anyway, he had 700 sons, but in general, men have not had a thousand concubines. I mean, they say Solomon in the Bible was supposed to be the wisest man in history. We had a lot of wives, yeah, a thousand wives, I think 10,000 concubines or 2000 or whatever. But in general, it's been more like Nelson Mandela, right? Small, but not Western. Now, there's been many people who just had one husband, I mean, one male and one female and one set of kids. But I think I try to go, what is society inventing? And I ignore that. And what is society not inventing? I think society's not inventing that people want to have kids. I think that's in my primitive nature. So a simple thing to do is build your life around the primitive. Just control it 20%. So I think if you go 100% primitive, you know, you'll end up dead one way or another. Well, so from a primitive perspective, though, the reason that I said um, that some of this is context dependent is as far as I know in mm -hmm. the evolutionary literature, that basically what you end up getting, you get um, polygamy when you have one man that's capable of taking care mm -hmm. of a lot of women. And when when you have that, it's because you have a high Gini coefficient. So you have people that have a lot and you have people yeah. that have very little. And so the people that have a lot, you're better off being the fifth wife of somebody extraordinarily wealthy than you are being yes. the only wife to somebody who but is But that's very not poor. quite true. That's that. There's a lot of stupid books out there. If you go to the people like, like a Dr. Buss that wrote the textbook for Harvard, I've had, you know, the Yanomomo Indians. They're still a hunter-gatherer tribe. Mm -hmm. I was talking to Dr. Helen Fisher. She's the, also, by the way, the chief scientist for Tinder. She has the most data on love of any human in history. She has all the data. She spent time with the Yanomomo. There's, they're not, it's not that there's a low, the Jenny coefficient is healthy there. It's only in farming societies where one man- You're with men that don't have access to women. No, because some men are, will take a woman that's been had by another man. At the same time? No, after. When the, Ooh, when the main hmm. guy's done with her. It happens all the time. In fact, I was reading an interesting book. There's a book called Why We Love by Dr. Helen Fisher on this subject. Mm -hmm. She has a, an, a story there. Um, there was a woman who had 18 lovers. They would go and sneak off. Hold on. The math isn't adding up. So... Uh, if you have a society that's roughly 50-50 roughly and you have one man at any time that has more than one wife, even if only temporarily, there will be periods of time where there are men who simply don't have access to Absolutely. a faithful woman. Absolutely. So while I don't know about the Anamamu tribe, well enough, I cannot speak to but that. But that does happen, and that happens in society right now. Yes, for sure. But that typically what you end up getting, so take a culture where it's celebrated that the elite men have five wives, yes. whatever. Yes. Uh, you are going to create the surplus male problem. So you're going to have But guys. in the Yanomomos, there was no marriage. So the alpha might have had Susie, mm -hmm. but Susie simultaneously might be bonding with George the beta. 
Okay, so what are the- It's not so black and white. Here's the knock-on consequence that that appears to me. Again, I don't know yeah. anything about this tribe, and so if they are the miraculous tribe- There's other tribe ones, Hadza's, you can look at, Yacht, many. You, you're confused. So let me just say, yeah. hunter-gatherer is 300,000 years ago to about 20,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Rise of agriculture, rise of militaries, rise of governments, rise of one man being able to amass large fortunes through better tools, mm -hmm. okay? So are we talking, which time are we talking? We still have most of the genes. Are we talking about the 300,000, the two, 300,000 to the last 20,000? Well, I think the argument that if I were to lay out each side, mine is it's context dependent. So yeah. we need to know the time periods we're talking about. Yours we is are that these it people genetic. Mean... No, genetically, we're the hunter-gatherers. Okay, so for you, this is, again, born of yes. genetics. So born of genetics, what's the thesis? Some men will be happy with multiple wives and other men will just have to deal with the fact that they have no wives. Frequency independent selection, there will be lower risk taker men. That'll be, they may want more than one woman, but it's a risk to go after more than one woman, both for surplus. If you focus more on one woman, she's less likely to, to leave you for another alpha men. So men have developed tremendous, you know, now they call it alpha beta. That's a wrong way to think about it. It's more frequency dependent selection. You're gonna have some men that are high risk takers. So they're gonna go out, try to monopolize five, 10 women. That takes more risk. Because for example, when you're with woman number eight, woman number two's on her own and women sometimes decide they wanna pair bond and then that alpha men and that sometimes alpha men take care of the babies of beta men. They're teaching now that beta men are always taking care of the alpha's child, bullshit. I don't know any science. That's not how it works. That's why gorillas monopolize with physical power and keep all the women close to them. But that's impossible to do now and been impossible to do because as I said, when they studied the Yanomomos, the women go off hunting on their own or gathering and they have a little rendezvous with a dude. And you see this in chimpanzees, the betas stay friends with the women and often copulate and mate with them. So it's a super complex set of game theory. We, it'd be better to just imagine there's a world where there's three men and three women, okay? So let's say there's, I don't know who's a good look. There's Leonardo DiCaprio, he's the best looking one. Who's an average looking actor, uh, Adrian? Who's an average looking actor? De Niro, he's not great looking, but he's not horrible. And then you got uh, Danny DeVito, <laughs> okay? And you got the same, now let's say all three, women in general seem to be prettier than men. They've been selected for looks. So there's three, one extra gorgeous woman, one, you know, decently and one average, okay? So if you're DiCaprio, you're gonna try a high risk strategy, okay? So you're high risk, and I'm oversimplifying. So you try the high risk strategy. You seduce the three, okay? But she literally, generally, are not seducing him at the same millisecond. But he has slept with all three. He's had his chance. But he probably sleeps with them less often. Because a man can only have sex so many times in a day. Men are constrained much more. Whereas Danny DeVito, he goes, shit, I'm going straight for the, the most attainable, the least attractive. And he puts all his concentration on her. Now, at one point, since women, there's a great book on this called The the dangerous passion, it's about jealousy. This somewhat average woman that has Danny DeVito pursuing her, at some point she sees DiCaprio with the more pretty one. She goes, fuck that, I don't like that. He may leave me for her. And so she settles with DeVito. 
And now DeVito never cheats. And he has sex with her, copulates many, many times. Many times. Okay, he may end up having the same amount of kids as the high risk strategy. That's why I said we're forgetting risk aversion and we're thinking this is the alpha guy who has a better strategy versus the beta and the sigma and all these stupid things. We should be thinking that nature is smarter than us all. And it doesn't, you know what nature doesn't give us? It doesn't give us free thought. Forget free will for a second. So what nature does is convince DiCaprio that he's doing the right thing. And isn't this so much more fun? You get the women and you just have sex with all of them. And it's telling DeVito to feel high levels of romantic attraction to the one girl. Because a slave owner, a slave, who do you think works harder? A slave who knows he's a slave or a slave who thinks he owns the plantation? DNA is the slave owner. And it's smart. This happened in America after the 18... After, you know, 1865, Emancipation Proclamation, blacks were given rights back somewhat. But then came a racist president a couple presidencies later, Reconstruction Era. And then they, they let black people build all these beautiful farms. I read a book in South Carolina. They had developed this whole farmland. And then the dam, they switched it back and they took the farmland back. Not through slavery, but through some nasty laws. So those black men had who had thought they were free worked harder than when they were slaves. So it was a very kind of heinous thing to do. That's what's happening with DiCaprio here, Danny DeVito and Robert De Niro. It's making each of them think they're freely acting. And at the end, no one has more offspring than the other because of DiCaprio's way always worked. Over 10,000 generations, everybody would be born with the DiCaprio strategy. If you study game theory though, Game theory, brand, they call it hawks and doves, is a one game theory simulation, or they sometimes they have different names, exploiters, defectors, there's different, but hawks and doves. He's a hawk. DiCaprio comes, swoops in, you know, dove is a very faithful, kind of upfront, honest guy. Then, you know, Danny DeVito, ugly guy comes and he's like, I love you and da da da. They have the same amount of kids. And that's why right now in the 2020s, there's some people that are like DiCaprio's and some people that are like De Niro's and some, De Niro's a little bit, he a little, maybe he slept with two of the women out of the three. But they all have the same amount of kids. That's the game theory weirdo thing. You know, it's like this. I just read today, I was reading a textbook by this guy Ashton on personalities. It's fascinating. Men and women, one big difference is men experience this life satisfaction. Women touch the top one day and the bottom the other day. Women go way up emotionally, feeling amazing, and women feel tremendously depressed mm -hmm. in the same week. The average man, partially because of testosterone, is very comparatively very. But you know what they found? In the totality, male and female, it's not predictive who's having more life satisfaction because the women's extremes cancel each other out and they're just like the men. That's why I said these three guys, DiCaprio, De Niro and 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 uh, Danny DeVito, they kind of, their strategies cancel each other out. So what you have to know, going back to your question, to me is who really are you in your primitive state? There are men who have tremendous. My best friend, I remember being 16 years old. My friend Jeremy, we were walking to the park in San Diego. I'll never forget. And he literally goes to me. He goes, Ty, I just want to find one woman. It was such a funny talk. I, I don't know why I remember this. I just want to find one woman 
and I'm going to give her roses and we're going to get married and have kids. And, and I remember at this park, there was all these pretty girls. I was in high school. There's all these high school girls and, and, and we're sitting there, two high schoolers. And I go, why? I was like, how are you going to choose? I remember being like, how are you going to choose? Well, guess what? Life passed. We went down. He married as a virgin, his high school sweetheart. They were both virgins when they got married. They stayed together 10 years. Okay. Had one child. He gets divorced. I lived in that house next door to you. No kidding. He calls me. I'm suicidal, man. And I talked to him. It was one of those, I don't think he's joking, suicidal. I said, you got to move. He was living on the East Coast. I said, you move into my house right here. I'm afraid for you. We've been friends since two years old. He moves here. He lands. I'll never forget. He goes, Ty, I am going to live the bachelor life like you've been living. He goes, never will I get married. Nah, all this is so funny. So, I had a blind date with a Brazilian girl, literally within a couple days of him landing at the house. This guy landed, he stayed single three days. I'm down at, you know, uh, Sushiya down on the bottom yep. here. So I used to go to Sushiya a lot. I love it. It's like an outdoor sushi place right at the bottom of this hill. Sunset Plaza. I'm sitting there. It was a blind date. I don't know. Somebody set her up. They're like, you're going to love this Brazilian girl. She pulls up in an Uber. When the door opens, I look at her. I know she's not my type. I have a type. So I was like, I'm going to instantly pivot this. So I don't, I'm not stuck with this girl that I don't want. I'm like, I'm going to go find somebody else. And Jeremy was having dinner with me on the sushi. And so I, I just played almost like a magic trick. She didn't speak perfect English. I just pretended Jeremy was the blind date. And I'm like the fucking valet or something. I was like, well, great to come to our table. And I sat them down. I kid you not. He told me a few years ago from that night, they never spent a night apart for eight years. The man couldn't be a player. He couldn't be a bachelor. You know why they broke up, by the way? She got jealous. It, I'm sure it was other things, but the final straw where he broke up with her, he had, you know, navigation, you can change the voices to mm -hmm. Darth Vader, to Luke Skywalker. He said it to a sexy girl and she finally flipped out. And she's like, am I not enough for you that you need this beautiful woman? He's like, it's a voice. And he's like, no more Latin women. But anyway, within he... You ever met a dude who never can be single? So he was talking to a girl who works for me. He overlapped, made sure he had the new girl, dropped the old one, had the new one, continuous line of monogamy. Got married recently when he told me he never would again. I could have predicted that. You know, I look at his hand, his exactly opposite of me, crazy high estrogen finger and low. So my point is, know if you're Jeremy or know if you're Ty then you'll be in flow. I've tried to be Jeremy before. I make the girl miserable and I'm miserable. Know thyself. Yeah, how is that a win? Everybody loses, man. Now, I think what's going wrong in society is people are listening to influencers who are more that want to have 50 women and they're thinking that's the path, but that's not true. Lots of men in fact, Dr. Buss told me like 50, 60% of men experience tremendous pleasure from marriage. They feel less anxious. They, they have more sex. They feel happy. And yes, they may be tempted by other women, but not really. But don't ever forget FDS, frequency dependent selection. 20% of men are miserable and have been miserable. I mean, a lot of men, you know, when women say men are workaholics, no, those are the 20% of men that don't like that the fact that they're married. They want to be off 
I, uh, Dr. Helen Fisher, she told me she went to a tribe in like Indonesia, one of these like, kind of like the Yanomomo in South America. And she got there and a man, the chief tribe guy had five wives. And she shows up and she said, I asked him a question. It's in the opening of her book. I think it's in Why We Love. She says to him, I'm a researcher. I, this is a question I've always wanted to ask. If you had unlimited resources as a hunter, how many wives would you like? She thought he was going to say 20, 30. He said, zero. They're driving me crazy. That might have been a man. That was a germy. But because of the tribal status, he had to be, you know, he had to be a player. He wasn't a player. I have a feeling that's a tie who realizes that women may not be as easily predisposed to the setup, which is my next question. So oh, you, you mean, do I want the five wives? Well, that, what <laughs> I'm saying is, so if we know that you're what you called a player, somebody who yeah. likes high variety, Yeah. Uh, you said at the beginning of this that um, Nelson Mandela's dad had five wives, but they all stayed in their own huts, don't keep them together because they fight a lot. So that would be my instinct, that that is not, they're not going to mesh well as a general rule. I'm sure there are mm -hmm. exceptions to the rule, but it's not going to work well. So how do you find women that suit your lifestyle? You're good at reading people. What's the criteria that you sift through so that you don't end up with somebody right. who belongs with Jeremy right. and tries to make it work with you and is unhappy. By the way, Rick, I realize I said Jeremy's name. Usually I don't say Jeremy's name. Jeremy's going to listen. We can bleep that out if we need to. <laughs> no, 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 you can leave it in. He's cool. We, we, he'll be like, ah. Um, it's been long enough. It's been long enough, you know. You can now tell Abraham Lincoln gunshot jokes. It's been long enough. It's not too early. Um, so, uh, repeat the question. How do Sorry. you, what, what filtering? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. What oh, yeah, how do you mechanism? find that? Okay, I got an answer you're not going to like because I we talked about astrology at the beginning. My mom's a hippie sitting over there in a chair. The one thing I've learned is there is a 10% chance, maybe higher, that all the religious things that supposedly smart guys like me and you believe is wrong and all the religious stuff is right. I mean, I uh, there, there is a chance that classical kind of – there's a god and, we, and there's angel there, – there is – some of the smartest people, the first time I ever saw it is the last page of Stephen Hawking's book. Uh, is it his book called The Big Questions or whatever? He has two books, Brief History of Time. And one of them, he ends by saying, and then we will know the mind of God. And I was like, what? what? He's talking about God. Now, he didn't mean it in a religious sense, but there's things like prayer. When you start thinking about quantum physics, like prayer is like there was nothing and then there was something. Or as Stephen Hawking said, we used to think there's no free lunch. It seems like all of the universe is free lunch, as if all of the universe could have been a prayer. That one species said, I manifest a cool group of weirdos, four billion of them, and it just, the Big Bang happened. We call it the Big Bang, but that could have been the creation story. We don't know. So you ask me, do I believe in astrology? I mean, I wouldn't build my whole life around it, but I also don't think it's a 0%. Do I believe in psychics? Mm, in general, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't bet 100. I wouldn't bet my life on it. So I asked a psychic this. I don't seem to be the Marian type. Now, there are some psychics, I'm going to tell you, believe it or not, there's a psychic down in West Hollywood. Don't count. So I don't know what they do. They're like magicians. I still haven't figured out their trick. There's a famous one that is a psychic to a lot of the smartest, wealthiest people here. 
I always saw her Ferrari in her house. It's in West Hollywood down by Melrose. One time I was dating this girl and she was like crying after work. She had had this big blow up, quit her job. And we were driving by her and, and she, I knew she was a hippie. So I said, let's go to the psychic there. So we're going to the psychic. We walk in. She's like true. She's like Romanian. She speaks that. She's got beads, but she has Ferrari, like four Ferraris out front. I'm like, this chick is good. I got to see her sales technique. So we walk in. It's a long table. It's very much like a movie. The girl I'm sitting with and, and this psychic speaking in her Romanian voice goes, or maybe she was Albanian or something. She talks to the woman. She goes, you're having problems at work. Your boss is hitting on you and you and you're thinking of leaving the job. Well, that's why we drove there. Her boss had hit on her and she decided to quit. Now, this was like a very pretty model. And I was thinking, that's easy. I could have guessed that. Like, you know, it's like a pretty girl having problems with their boss. But I kid you not, the Romanian lady goes, but tonight's not about you, ma'am. It's about you. She turns to me. She goes, you have six brothers. Well, I have six brothers and nobody knows that. They're all half brothers. After... I was like looking for cameras. I was like, look, I still don't know how she figured that out. You can Google, Google Ty Lopez how many brothers. There's nothing. I don't know how she knew me. But she proceeded to tell me all this stuff. And then at the end, she said, no charge. I came with the, like a Rolls Royce. She knew I had money. She goes, no charge to you. Take this necklace. This will give you good luck. She tried to put it around me. She goes, and if you ever want to come back, I'm open anytime. It's $1,500 a session. I never went back though because she freaked me out. But I was like, what a damn good salesman. A pure virtue signal. Ty just did this for free. I still haven't figured out the damn magic trick. See, Ty, that one says Ty has three half-brothers. I have six. Anyway, so I asked, not that psychic, but a psychic, what should I do? How do I find women like this? You know what her answer was? She pulls her tarot cards. She goes, oh, you just need like kind of a hippie, free spirit woman. There's 20% there's of the world like that. That's damn good advice. So if you're like me, there is a group of women. First off, there's a group of women that experience no jealousy. It's very rare. It's very, it's for sure sub five to 10%. There's a group of women who um, like the thought that a guy can have more than women, then they're just not threatened. So you have to find on a spectrum, you need low jealousy and actually high cooperation. That's technical terms, agreeableness. So a high agreeable person just kind of says, well, if that makes you happy, I'm good with it. But it has to be a combination of those two. So a, a, a psychic would just say, find a free spirit. The scientist in me was, you need to look for a very narrow set of people. But I think people try to do it my way. Very. I actually thought, I actually like relationships more than I thought. Hmm. I think I'm more visual. Remember how I said on the spectrum of personality we've been forgetting about risk-taking? They're aesthetics. There are men who, I have a brother who's very good looking. I have a couple brothers that are good looking. They don't care that much about the looks of a woman. Interestingly enough, in a textbook, there's an interesting textbook. I think it's Evolutionary Psychology by Dr. Buss. High parasite load societies care more about physical aesthetics, meaning there's actually a gene because, you know, when, you know, physical beauty is like low mutation parasite load. That's, that's like the average, I think the average person has like four or 500 mutations in the womb from the environment or bad genetics. 
Not enough that you're handicapped when you're born, but somebody like Brad Pitt had like 50 mutations. And some mutations come from high parasite load. There's huge parts of Puerto Rico, Rockefeller. That was one of his big things. There was so much parasite load in tropical places. So maybe my ancestry from a tropical place has made me more aesthetic. My dad was a pro bodybuilder. He was very aesthetic. So I think what makes it harder for me is, and, 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 and my, some of my brothers are, they don't care about aesthetics. They don't want an ugly woman, but they're not tremendously aesthetically picky. They want a pretty woman but not a shockingly pretty woman. And um, what does that have to do with how much you discovering you like relationships more than you thought? So I have to go, I, I wrote a, I have a thing called 13 thesis. It's my 13 hypothesis. For me, there's a certain look that I like more. And so if I go to places that are thick market of that, which is Scandinavia, my barom, my let's, you ever heard of MED minimum effective dose? Uh, probably. So it's when you go to a doctor for antibiotics, he's like, make sure you take all four pills. Mm. Cause if you take three, nothing happens except maybe you get, you know, resistance. So for me to be in a relationship with a girl, there's a minimum attraction I have to have. Mm -hmm. When I lived in California in that house, in general, I don't like the look of women in the United States. I don't know why. When I, first time I ever went to Scandinavia, I was like, I remember I've told my mom many times, mom, it's only one thing I'm mad at you for in my childhood, that you didn't move to Sweden when I was a baby. Because every single woman is kind of, not every single woman, but it's a thick market. So it's easier for me to fall in love. So I actually think I'm more romantic than I thought I was five years ago. But if I don't have the- You just hadn't found the right No, type. the MED. There's not enough MED. And so two things a man has to have. All men care about aesthetics. So for me, let's say the MED is she has to be an eight out of 10 of attraction, but my type, okay? There's a lot. I don't think Angelina Jolie's classically beautiful. She's like a four to me. I don't find her attractive. So there has to be an attraction, aesthetic attraction. For me, that's, let's say every man needs an eight. My, it's harder for me to fulfill an eight, but you also need a woman within the same or one standard deviation of your IQ. That's classic evolutionary theory. So if you, for any man listening or woman, the higher your IQ is, any woman or man listening has high IQ and has high aesthetics, um, you narrow the pool teeny. I had a mathematician friend, Klaus Flock, astrophysicist at North Carolina. I fed in all my computations that I wanted and he's like, Ty, <laughs> we had breakfast in Chapel Hill one time, he's like, I calculate there's 70 women like this in the world. And I was like, but there's 8 billion people. And he's like, and there's none in North Carolina statistically because there's only 11 million people in North Carolina and there's 8 billion people. He did all the math. He's like, you're fucked. But what he should have told me is go to Sweden. That is the simple, that is I need a shirt. All right, so we... If you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third-generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation, and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. 
The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. No, we need so to- So know thyself. Yeah, know thyself. We need to go to a thick market. Then we're also gonna have to have- And then I'm more romantic. Then I am not as interested in dating 20 women. Only five? It doesn't have to be five. Um, no, I think even the man that thinks he's a player, if the MED is met, he might settle down. Interesting. That feels diametrically opposed to where we started. It's like so, quantum physics. We have our absolute rule that men are genetically, and then we have our quantum physics that the second you start to measure it too close, it changes. That's why I said be careful of convictions. Convictions are greater enemies of the... You know, the root, you know my first YouTube video? If I might digress, it was a good one. I don't even know if I have it posted. I was in a taxi in London. I think it's roughly 2014. The first time I tried to be an influencer, I had some videos in 09 at the Laugh Factory down there with Zach. 2014, I did this video and I said, the root of all evil. And I said, I can't explain it in words. So let me just give it to you in primitive grunts. The root of all evil in the world is instead of Hmm. You know, people ask me what I think of the Middle East right now. The root of all evil is, mm, mm, we know what's true versus, hmm, that's not what I thought, but tell me why you think that way. What's the root of all evil in Russia, Ukraine? You got two sides that I know nothing about it, but I know the root of all evil is convictions. You should have very few convictions because almost everything is wrong, including what I believe. So as I said, when I'm in my best, when I'm in my power, I might have had a hypothesis about myself because when I lived in LA, all the evidence was showing that I didn't want to commit to a girl. But I realized it's because they didn't meet the MED of the two things that are important to my brain. Los Angeles is not an intellectual place. It's a SSG, a self-selected group of people who in general are higher on narcissism. So you do get a lot of people that are beautiful here. Um, but the US is not is not an SSG for intelligence. There are, intel- obviously the most Nobel prizes in the world are the US, but it's very thin park, park, pockets. In general, Europe is more an intellectual place. Even Napoleon in the 1800s said, you know, America, that merchant state. He saw America as a place where people like to make money. 
So I always tell people, best place you can live is outside of the U.S. for lifestyle. Best place to make money is inside the U.S. That's why I pop in and out of both. Europe is a much better lifestyle. People are healthier, happier, and you can meet the most beautiful woman who is smart as hell. In America, it's a thin market. You find beauty and not people are going to get mad at this, but shit, you ever landed at an American airport after being in Sweden? You're like, what the fuck happened? This was a nuclear bomb of looks. What the fuck happened? Now, part of that is obesity. is just decimating looks. Your Men are always like, Ty, I'm too ugly to get a girl. I'm like, nah, you probably got too much fat on your face, damn it. Shit, fat distorts the face for men and women. You fucking, and everybody distorts in a different way. So Europe, like Sweden is the, I think last I read is the most in shape people in the world. What's the secret to being, um, to being able to get the kind of woman that you want? Change where you live, damn it. Geography is a son of a bitch. You get the wrong geography. I, I have a friend. He freaking loves brunettes and he lives in like, you know, he lives in Norway. He likes, I'm like, bro, you got to move. Go find a wife in Brazil and come back. Now, one thing I would add to this, the new global study came out. I've been waiting for this for my entire decade. Men and women go hard on studying mental instability because countries aren't all the same. What do you think is the most, in this new meta study came out, what's the most mentally unstable place in the world? Mentally unstable? Yeah. Russia. High. It's like, say, three. Eastern Europe is very high in, in and when people say, what do you mean my mental instability? Dark triad, exploitative traits. So dark triad traits, there's dark dyad, but dark triad is narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. Where else do you think is even worse? That was my best guess. I'm where just going to go through Where could you the... hide a terrorist for 20 years? Middle East, but you'd have to be very specific in which country, and I would not be the person to make that guess. Am I right? You ever seen Donald Trump's interview where he goes, Abu uh, is dead. He died like a dog. You ever see that whole thing? No. no. Remember when Obama sent a Navy SEAL yes. team in and the plane, the helicopter, that was Pakistan. I was like, Osama bin Laden was chill there. <laughs> like, we'll take this. So Pakistan scored on this meta study. By the way, no offense. I have a, actually an office in Pakistan. So I've had a great experience in Pakistan, but... Which is currently being bombed. Yeah. After that comment. My office? I'm kidding. Okay, <laughs> I hope not. It's like, what? I need my office. No, but Pakistan, Middle East, uh, Middle East in general, Eastern Europe, um, France is the most unstable in the Western world. But where do you think's the most mentally stable place? A thick market of low exploitative traits. Brazil. I... Ah, you got it. You're the first person to ever get it. Come on. I've always, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm like, the jolly, I got these big, huge guys I work out. Higa Machado, he's like 6'3", 260 pounds, you know, 260 pound red coral belt. He's the jolliest guy ever. Now, Brazil has high crime, but lower exploitation. It's a very family-oriented place. So if a man is looking for long-term mating, you need to have your MED for looks and intelligence but you need to heavily weight mental stability because that shit passes on to your children. So this is a complicated game. In my brain is more, I'm not anxious, but uh, I'm, I try to play chess with things when society taught me how to play checkers. This is a complicated question. That's part of why I came, you know, I've been off social media for three years. 
my life mission, Joel Salton says, the most important thing you do is create a one sentence mission plan that you write down. So make sure your mission plan's bigger than your own lifetime that you could, that needs to be fulfilled. Mine was uh, starting about 10, more than 10 years ago was I wanna spread good ideas, okay? Or good hypothesis, we could say. And I came back to social media because social media is actually spreading very bad ideas. And the worst idea is one that's 95% true and 5% wrong because it has, it's like a sheep, it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a subject. I think men are getting met, led astray on this. A lot of dudes are like just following. What's yeah. this? To only one woman, get married. No, the other down. way, it swung the other way, never get married, never have kids. You think that's the mistake? Yeah. Most men aren't built for that. So should men, we obviously already covered kids. Should most men get married? I think you should have long-term mating. I don't think marriage matters. If you want to do it for tax reasons, Sweden has lower divorce rates than America. Nobody gets married. And they haven't been getting married for 50 years. Iceland, very cool society. I was just there. Long-lived society, been going functional for 1,000 years. Nobody gets married there. But they'll stay together. I mean, they'll live, have six kids and live together for 20 years. You ask them why they're not married, they're like, who cares? It's a government piece of paper. They're Do they Vikings. have a religious tradition in Iceland? They're half Vikings, they call them. Or in Iceland, they say Viking gang or something. Viking gang. Um, it's supposedly Christian, but it's very Viking. Hmm. Scandinavia. It's a lot to learn from Scandinavia. Scandinavia is one of the pockets of the world that's an outlier. You know, it's not really capitalistic like America. It's not really communistic like Russia. It's not really socialistic or individual, yet it has individualism. They, you know what they do right? People aren't physically healthy anymore in America. The food system is the biggest scam. Um, you know, people are always going, oh, the, uh, crypto people did a scam or this. I'm like, what are you talking about? If everybody was logical, you'd be throwing the CEO for the last 50 years of every large food company in prison for poisoning a generation, literally poisoning a generation. People, I'm going, people sometimes go, Tyre, your course is a scam. I'm like, I had a class that was $67 for 67 hours of business training. That was like repeated in Harvard. Even if you thought it was a bad program, you only spent $67. My brother spent $80,000 at UNC to get a Spanish degree, and he doesn't even know Spanish. And he was $80,000 in debt. It almost sunk him. He was very depressed over it for a long time. How's that? How's that? Those people not in prison. You're going to talk about a scam. So one of the things that's going on, everybody wants to make more money. Everybody wants to have love. Right? But at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is your body. I even heard you at the beginning. People think I don't listen. I listen. You said, well, the only thing more important to me and my wife would be my physical health. I wouldn't trade that. Which, by the way, you're 100% of your own genes and you're 0% of your own wife. So that's a predictable answer we would all make. If you had a choice between being super unhealthy and being celibate I, I, or super healthy and celibate or super unhealthy and have love, you probably would pick healthy. We don't talk enough about health. Entrepreneurs, you know, I, I just wrote this book, shameless plug. It's like seven bucks called The Three Trends. At the end, even in a business book, it's about how to create wealth from social media. In the damn end of it, I put in a bonus chapter called The Ideal Physical Daily Routine. That includes a lot of stuff about health. For example, 
you really, as a man, we know this. You should be walking 15,000 steps a day. When you open your damn health app and you look at the average for the month, you know, I think health they give you, it needs to save 15,000. And women are built to walk around 12,000. There's a great book on this by uh, Daniel Lieberman from Harvard. He's a paleoanthropologist. He checks the bone structure of our hips. He can tell and look at the archaeological record. We men hunted about seven miles, but... We didn't do the type, get off the damn treadmill at the desk. I use uh, at the office, at the gym. I use a treadmill desk in the office because you don't want to be, you know, hardcore working out. But we're built to sprint, run, jog, slide, and jump. So even when we do cardio, our 15,000 steps, we're not even doing it right. We're walking on concrete, walking on a flat surface so it increases things like joint damage or we're jogging people who jog always look horrible and age faster than anybody else i know I'll piss off the whole marathon well great if you want to do a marathon but you don't look good but humans are when we were hunting something we sprinted sometimes you had to jump over things sometimes you had to slide to the side you had to run backwards sometimes you had to stop and walk and recuperate and you had to high speed sprint so we don't even know what we're doing Sometimes people go, Ty, are you, a, are you a physical therapist? Are you, what's your credentials? I'm like, people with credentials failed us. Nobody even knows how to work out correctly, you know? So I built, you know, I built this thing called uh, 150 body around the number 150. Theoretically, scientists thinks we can live to 150 years old. That's the current. Now, some people say you can live Methuselah. But if you ask the largest group of scientists, they'll say we can live to 150 and be somewhat thriving. Well, you need 150 minutes of deep sleep every night to do that. Who the hell, I track on a ring. You have to change your life to get 150 minutes of deep sleep. That's two and a half hours. I, I, I meet all, I got, you know, all these entrepreneurs around me. I got a guy, multimillionaire, eight figure guy, nine figure guy. He gets 60 minutes of deep sleep. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Do you know Maslow? What you're talking about this and I'm going to change the world and I'm going to this and my kids. I said, you're going to fucking die. What are you talking about? So people should stick much closer to that Maslow's hierarchy of needs and never think you can move off the bottom of it. Get on a farm. You should drink dairy. People are idiots with dairy. They're literal idiots with dairy. There's not one piece of science. Now, there are people who are lactose intolerant, but dairy is the food of the gods. And if you don't believe me, you know all the NFL and the NBA, you notice there's one group of people that seems to be playing well, black guys. Well, they don't come from every tribe. You think they come from the pygmy tribes of South Africa, South, the southern part of Africa? No. A lot of the damn huge, most athletic, powerful people, they're Maasai and they're Dinka. What do the Maasai do? They live off cattle. They drink the blood right out of the neck. They drink the milk and they, they eat the meat. So we've been led astray by the machine. The rise of corporations tricked us that dairy is bad for you. Now, if you have lactose intolerance, you can do other things. And you don't need a lot of dairy. That's the thing. People think, oh, you drink 50 gallons of milk. No. But paleo is not correct. Carnivore is not correct. You know, keto is not correct. It's all there. It's the nomadic diet. Look it up. There's three branches of human history. There's the branch of hunter-gatherers. And then there's a branch of agriculture. Both of these don't have the best health. So we base paleo and carnivore. Carnivore is kind of a, its own invention, but humans are not carnivores. I'm like, you ever open, you know, it's funny. I have cows. So when I meet a vegan, I'm like, you ever been around an herbivore? 
oh, no, no, a vegan is the way. It's healthier for you. You ever been around an herbivore? I have 300 herbivores on my farm right now. Cows. Four-chambered stomachs. They have no teeth at the top. None. If you have teeth, you're automatically chewing, not forage. You don't have grass. Now, carnivores, I'm like, how many carnivore teeth do you see in your mouth? Ding dong. You got a couple sharp ones. You ever opened your carnivore dog's mouth or a lion's mouth? It's a lot of sharp ones. So we got confused. Hunter-gatherer, we're not the healthiest people. A lot of them, like I said, pygmies. They're like four foot tall. They're not that strong. Then you had modern agriculture, which was too... Uh, we basically have domesticated plants too much. My wild apples on my farm are that big. How much insulin response? How much, what do you think is the sugar content? The glycemic index of an apple this How big. Much? I go in the store, I'm like, this person is poisoning a civilization with an apple that big or grapes that big. Mm. So you, so, but that's the nomads or the branch you should be following. They are the, he- who was the healthiest people in North America? George Carlin, not the comedian, not the comedian, the painter in the 1700s, came through America, studied all the people. When he came to the Plains Indians who lived off Buffalo, also they would shoot the babies, cut open their stomach and eat the basically the cottage cheese, the curdled milk out. Okay, They ate the organ meat. Who was six foot one tall, strongest, smartest, blew him away? It was the Plains Indians, not the ones who farmed. Not the, there was the tribes that ate basically just vegetables. That was the Ute Indians in Utah. They were the poorest. They looked like they were going to die all the time. We don't, we have to become an independent thinker. Yeah, I saw a quote from you that said, I don't know what to make of a civilization that poisons its own people. No, their own children. Go into a school right now. Coca-Cola for six-year-olds. Even the government's stupid nutritional thing says you should get 20, if an adult should only get 25 grams of processed sugar. Some sprites have, I've seen a sprite that had, I don't know what size it was, it had 60 grams of sugar. And you give it to a kid who's 35 pounds and then you give him Ritalin. So the other people who, some of them should be in prison, not all of them is the pharmaceutical people. All right, we've opened up two big cans of whoop ass, but uh, I know we have to wrap and get you out of here. Yeah, what time uh, is this it? This has been fascinating. We should Natural talk business. Out. Let's do it. <laughs> we didn't talk as much business. That's good though. Well, so one question I have on that is uh, obviously over the last few years when you've been out of the spotlight on yeah. social doing the yeah. traditional marketing, you've gone into bigger companies, older yeah. companies, yep. bought Radio Shack, Bodybuilding.com. Pier One. Uh, I heard you, Pier One, Jesus. Yeah. I heard you say that your holding company was going to do about $450 million in revenue. Um, how's that going? Like, what's the strategy there? Where do you see this ending up? So I've always been a Warren Buffett guy. And I think when you create wealth by reverse engineering the best, right? Now, who exactly is, I actually think Warren Buffett, and I think the two best business people, just pure business people, are Mark Zuckerberg and Warren Buffett. Elon Musk is probably the most innovative and creative, you know, and maybe civilization changing. So what Warren Buffett said is, or how I interpret it is, don't build it if you can buy it. But if you can't buy it, build it. And so I think an underutilized tool, I bought my first business, did an M&A transaction like 2004, I took over a nightclub business. And it instantly started making money. Now that doesn't always have M&A deals. If you start doing a lot of M&A deals, some are gonna succeed and some will fail. 
even Warren Buffett kicks some out. The I'm not as good a businessman as Warren Buffett, but everybody, when you acquire companies, sometimes some win and some don't. But the advantage is you take you buy a company like Pier One and you have 95% brand recognition in the United States. And so if you want to be in the home goods, you want to sell chairs, you want to sell furniture, to build that from scratch might take 65 years and a couple billion dollars in revenue, you can buy it. So I think more entrepreneurs should be buying shit. I think that's a big mistake. And if you go back to that Forbes list of the top 10 wealthiest people, every, I mean, look, Elon Musk didn't, his first wealth, big wealth was created with PayPal. He didn't start PayPal. He merged into it in an M&A deal. He didn't start Tesla. He bought in, I think he put in $32 million to acquire his stake. Yes, but you're taking a, what looks like from the outside to be a very high risk strategy. So when you announced that you were buying Radio Shack, I was like, whoa, because that from a brand perspective. Well, not everybody should like do dinosaur. that kind of, not look, risk taking, again, know thyself. If you're a low risk taker, a simple thing to do is buy cash flowing businesses. Mm. I had a friend, Nate in San Diego. He bought, I remember him telling me, Ty, I bought, and I did this in 2013, he bought a, a fence building business, a boring business, literally built fences from a guy in Orange County who was like 70 years old, had no kids that wanted the business, was doing $5 million a year. My friend bought it for no cash. He just said, I'll give you 50000 a month. He funded the 50000 a month to pay the guy by doing email marketing and adding an extra 100,000 in profit a month. So it was a riskless transition. I did that in 2013. I bought a, a online education company. Two partners were fighting. I was in the house right there next to you. And so if you it wasn't risky like buying a big brand. That's all. You can just buy something that's cash flowing that's like 40 years old and as and I did that I bought a business and I introduced email marketing to it and I made an extra $200,000 the first month. Mm. And I had my payments were 10,000 a month on it. So I kicked myself out. I owned half of it, 100 Gs, and paid 10,000 of it to the guy. So I think no, this risk tolerance thing, next time I come on, I'm gonna have thought, this is my newest thing I've been thinking about the last six months, but don't dismiss something because you're a lower risk taker, and I've done this before. Take a good idea and stick it in your risk profile. So if, you, if I see, for example, Elon Musk did the riskiest, of all M&A, he bought Twitter for $44 billion from a public code to private. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. He borrowed money. I think he put in, I don't know, $8 billion of his own. It's all leveraged up. He After three months of him owning, he said, we might go bankrupt. If it goes bankrupt, he has to give most of his equity back to restructure the business in a Chapter 11. So Elon Musk is a tremendous high risk. For one of the first times I ever met Elon Musk, he told me his story and I, uh, he said, after PayPal, I, I think he made, I forget the number, 130 million after cash uh, taxes. He said, I heard him say, in person, I was borrowing rent money 10 years later or five years later. So he's so high on the risk profile that if, I, if somebody listening says, well, Elon Musk is buying crazy companies and dumping his whole life, say, if you're not able to take that level of risk, you might commit suicide. Many a man has committed suicide from not knowing his personal risk profile. Elon Musk has a superpower. He, Donald Trump the same way. In his book, one of his books, Donald Trump, I've never met Donald Trump, but he said in one of his books, he said, you know what? I'm just built different. He said, at one point, I walked by a homeless guy and I was 1.2 billion 
in debt that I had personally guaranteed. And I thought, I'm a that that homeless guy has is higher net worth 1.2 billion richer than me. And he said, I could sleep eight hours every night. And he said he had a friend who was a college professor who had a $250,000 mortgage. And he said he used to call, Donald, I'm, I can't sleep at night. I got to make my payment. It's 4000 a month. And Donald said he couldn't understand it. I think I understand it now when you begin to apply the risk profile. So people shouldn't look at what I do. You should look at the general vicinity. Acquire businesses is a great idea. But I'll tell you, I'll close with this. This new book I wrote, The Three Trends, what most people should do is catch the third trend, which is the rise of the individual. And the simplest way for the every risk profile, whether you're low, medium, or high, is to learn how to create wealth from social media. If you can create wealth from social media, oh, you will win. Because think of it this way. One, you could first off do like what Ben Shapiro did. He built a personal brand around himself, but he diversified. Because some people say, I don't want to build a brand on myself. What if I get in a car accident? He then developed a guy named Jordan Peterson who wasn't well-known. So, and he gets, they have a JV, he's a profit share with each other. So what you do is you build your brand, or if you're too shy, you do a joint venture with another brand, run the operations. It's a portable business. When you build true fans, some fans leave you, but humans are commitment consistency bias. Once they really love you. I heard a fan of Donald Trump, they were, uh, the left was interviewing his fan and said, is there anything Donald Trump could do that you wouldn't support him for the next president? And the guy goes, bro, there could be film of him murdering somebody. He's like, I just like Donald Trump. So a personal brand, a corporation could never do that. The rise of the McDonald's, the IBMs, they're going to fall. The Microsofts one day will fall. Even Apple's, they'll be replaced by what Elon Musk is doing, sticking his face as the face of Twitter. So become an individual brand, diversify by joint venturing with three or four others, know thy risk tolerance. If you are a little bit lower on the risk tolerance, don't try to become a big influencer like Tom, have millions of followers. Be medium. And if you're really shy, try to have a small following. Try to have a 50,000-person Instagram account. Figure it out how to create some wealth for yourself. And then do a joint venture with somebody who doesn't mind their face out there. And you split the money. That's how people should be making money now. I figured this out 10 years ago in that house. 2011, 2012. I was like, personal brands. And I, you know what's funny? I started with Millionaire Life Coach. I was still tricked by wave number two. Trend number two is corporations will win. And so I bought Millionaire Life Coach. It cost me $3,000. And I launched it, and it just never got traction. And I remembered about a year later that I had bought TyLopez.com for $7 in 2009. And I was like, what if I make it more personal? And I, and I kid you not, in that house right there, I'll never forget, before you could go live, you had to use this corporate live software. There was no Instagram live and all that. I went live in that house. 150 people were on, but true fans. And I sold a product, I don't remember what it was, and I made $100,000 in 30 minutes. Wow. And I remember thinking, okay, well this works. And my costs were zero. And that's when I knew it, but I was still early. It's so easy now, it was hard then. So, 3trends.com, I'll get the book. Can I plug something? 3trends.com. There it is. I'll take you to the book. I've laid out all my opinions. People are like, oh, what you do? Instagram, TikTok. Pose is podcast better TikTok. I'll I'll tell you my opinion of the the brainwashing of TikTok, how you can use it to your advantage, and I got all that in there. It works. I've done like you. I've done you know way more than a hundred million just from a personal brand, and um, 
a lot of people can be doing a mill, can be doing 200 grand. The rise of the individual, that's trend number three. And if you catch that, you'll always be happier, man. The worst one was the one that our ancestors had. Your dad was stuck in the rise of the corporation. Trend number two, thank God that trend's dying. And damn, trend number one, governments. Talk about that another time. All right, my dude, friend. First of all, it was awesome having you. No, thank, thank you so much you. for being here. Everybody, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Peace.